Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. I'm Annie Dickerson. And I'm Julie Lamb. Together, we're the founders of Good Egg Investments and creators of the Real Estate Accelerator. We help real estate investors and syndicators build their brands, find the right investors for their deals, and scale their businesses so they can do more and bigger deals. We believe that everyone has the power to make an impact through raising capital and helping people achieve financial freedom through real estate. We invite you to join the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Facebook group so we can amplify our impact together. We know you're going to love this episode. And hey, be sure to stick around to the end of the show because we're going to reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing real estate podcasts on the planet. Ready? Let's go. Welcome back, friends, to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Annie Dickerson, and today I'm thrilled to introduce you to Jay Tenenbaum. Jay, how are you today? Terrific, Annie. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm thrilled to have you here. I know you've got a lot to share with our listeners. You got a lot going on and you've seen a lot of success. So start by telling our listeners how, you know, people have all sorts of ways that they get into the real estate space. Share with us a little bit about your story and how real estate came to be part of your life. My story um, that I'm sticking to for sure. Um, <laughs> so uh, my wife and I were debt collection attorneys, had our own law practice for 20 years in California. Um, doing mostly commercial debt, not necessarily credit cards, whatever. Uh, I left that in 2008, started up a, another company investing in buying judgment liens in California and executing on real property. So it wasn't hitting banks or garnishing wages anymore. I've been there, done that, had enough of that. So we just executed on real property, um, perfecting a model in that regard. Um, August of 2013, got exposed to the opportunity to buy distressed mortgage notes. Um, so basically, my story is, you know, I've been debt all my life, just not personally. <laughs> so that, like that's that. how I got started. August the 13th, I got started buying distressed mortgage notes. Um, basically, I wanted, you know, to go go into real estate like everybody else. Um, but the challenge I always had when you went to the hotel ballrooms and all that kind of stuff was great information, great knowledge, great you know education you may have gotten over a weekend. But come Monday morning, where do I find a deal? <laughs> Right. So when I got when I went to this guy's uh, note buying for dummies class, um, I met two hedge fund contacts that was part of the speakers that he introduced during the four days. So right away I knew how to get deals, and you know it's been 450 deals later, a wild and fun and, and successful ride. Some days. <laughs> wow! Wow! Oh my goodness! So well, first of all, I want to dig into 2008. That must have been quite a time to start up a new business. Um, it was. Um, and it was opportunistic in the sense that, uh, you know, the market conditions for distressed consumer debt, you know, unpaid credit cards, et cetera, had the same roller coaster over the course of time, like everything else. Um, mm -hmm. You know, pricing, you know, it was wild, wild west in the 80s. Uh, and then, you know, by the you know, 2000s pricing of that stuff, debt got, got too high. And then the crash... Mm -hmm that pricing came way back down and we were buying judgments that were, you know, our, our sellers were getting these judgments uh, in around 2001, 2002 and just sitting on them because, you know, nobody was 
doing anything with them. And they were selling them because they could reinvest in fresh charge-off paper that had gotten realistically capable of buying. Unfortunately, by 2012, that market spiked again. And my our seller said, wait a second. Selling us, selling you our judgments doesn't it doesn't help us much because now I can't the pricing too high. I can't reinvest it in anything else. So these aren't uh, allowed. Uh-huh. So kind of by so kind of by you know the supply and demand, the, the, you know mm-hmm. the supply kind of started going away, and uh, it was time that I you know ventured in other things. Yeah. So then you got into distressed mortgage notes. Now tell our listeners for anybody who may not be familiar with what that means. Uh, what is a note? How does it okay. work and why distressed mortgage notes? Perfect. So um, the answer is this. You, I'm, I'm buying paper. I am, I am stepping in the shoes of JP Morgan, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, um, you know, down on the, on the street level, right? Um, somebody goes to buy, you know, buy a house, signs off on the promissory note, signs off on the mortgage. They stop paying for, for a variety of reasons. I've heard all the stories all over the place. Um, and these hedge funds, these banks will sell them off to um, other hedge funds and they sell them as commodities and ultimately they get down to, to players like us who will then work through them. We'll do loan mods, we'll foreclose, we'll you know do whatever else you know whatever else we need to do. We're actually working them other than just treating it as a commodity. Um, so that's how we get in there. Now because they're in default, they have le- you know they have lesser value. So we like to play in like the Midwest and the South where the foreclosure process takes a little longer but on the reciprocal end, the discounts to buying are extremely are extremely larger. For example, if you're in the West Coast, you know you can foreclose through your deed of trust in about 121 days. Well, to, to, you know why would a seller sell a distressed distress note that they could take the auction themselves in 121 days? We're at six to nine months out, so we're getting a steeper discount. Oh, interesting. Okay, so the it sounds like the market matters a lot in the local regulations. Um, that Correct. plays into it quite a bit. Right. For example, let's say the guy owes $100,000 on his mortgage. I'm picking up that mortgage note for, say, $40,000, $50,000, maybe a little more in, yeah. this, in this current market. It doesn't mean that that's what he owes me because the borrower still owes the hundred grand. So mm-hmm. there's where there's where the profit yeah. is. I'm right. buying it for $50,000. He still owes $100,000. Yeah. If he pays me the hundred, I made fifty grand. If I have to take yep. the property back in foreclosure, now I got a house that I'll fix up and sell for even more than hundred. If it's got equity. Yeah. So then there's that big if there, right? So if they pay you, then you make the $50,000 spread. So tell us about that process. So you buy the paper and now you own this debt, I guess, for lack of a better way of explaining it. But I own, how do I own you the, then get the, yeah, go ahead. I own the, I own the paper. I the don't paper. own, yes. I don't own the four walls or roof and I may never right. own okay. the four walls yeah. and a roof. Right. Okay. That's a big. That's a big distinction. I don't own the house. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. The borrower still owns the house. He's still got title and possession. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what's really cool about what we do is we ascertain we've developed about twenty different exit strategies. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of options. Wow. Yeah. So for example, if it makes sense, I can approach the, the property's occupied. I can approach the borrower and work out a loan modification. Mm-hmm. Easy, easy to do. If not, if he can't get out of his way, then I have to foreclose. Um, and so, you know, when, when, what foreclosure is, is really a matter of, I own, borrow owns title and possession. I have a defaulted loan that he's, that, you know, not, not performing loan to get title and possession back to protect my security interest. I have to foreclose. That's the way that, it, that it's done. 
So, you know, again, it's not about a $50,000 spread if he pays me because, yes, he could pay me off before the foreclosure. True. Or I could reinstate him and do a loan mod. Yes. I keep him in his house if he's so inclined. I've done it a lot. Um, but you got guys who can't get out of their own way. Or, you know, we buy a lot of vacant properties as well. And we buy a lot of reverse mortgages as well. So we, there's no borrower to talk to. We don't borrow in the home anymore. And those are really, you know, we've gotten, we've, we've seen a lot of success this year at getting paid off at auction. Meaning I am the bank. I'm go. I'm taking my ass, my note to the mortgage, to the auction. I said, let's say I bought a 50 grand. Let's say, for example, I set the minimum bid at 80 grand and you went to the, to the auction because you're looking for property as a third party right. investor, right. you bid $81,000. You now were the winning bidder of that house uh, and I just made 30 grand. And now you go flicks and flip it. That. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that it, you have so many different options, so many different, different exit strategies. Cause that, as you know, um, the more that you have, the more that it hedges your bets and decreases your risk. Exactly. Um, so I love that. Okay. So, okay. What it sounds like, and maybe this is just because I haven't done it before, but it sounds, I don't know, like, like, uh, is it labor intensive? Do you buy it? And then you have to like pound the phones and, you know, talk to people. Do you send them notices? How do you get them to, um, take action? A day in the life of me is pretty much a glorified <laughs> air traffic controller. Uh, yes, I'm, man I'm managing people, but that's all yeah. I'm doing is managing. I'm not lifting a hammer. I'm not swing swinging. You know, I'm not swinging doors. Um, yes, I because of my debt collection background, yes, I can talk to borrowers directly. It's not something that I advocate others to do because there's such federal rules and regulations and such. I just know how to do it without getting sued. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so, yes, I will call you know, our borrowers um, from time to time. And even the ones that are paying us now is, is, is a monthly coddling act, but it's, it takes a few minutes here and there, you know, mostly by text these days anyway. Um, but no, it's just managing. I mean, it's just really setting up. Yeah. We, we've developed over the course of time, a you know, tried and true process, right? I mean, I have a network of, of foreclosure attorneys. I got a network of realtors and, and contractors and, 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 and everybody in, in remember, I'm not only am I investing in something that's unique to your listeners, but I'm not doing it in my backyard either. Right. I never have. Right. Yeah. Mm hmm. Tell us a little bit about how you got. So you you went. It sounds like you went to a seminar or workshop, and you got connected with some key people back in 2013. And now you've built up. Now you're on the the other side of this. You've got this whole network built out. Tell us a little bit about that journey. So after you got connected with um, the first few people, how did you go about building up that network? So yeah, um, it was you know a lot of a lot of ripping off the stubbing my toe and ripping off the band aid. Um, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, part of it's amnesia. I don't really remember. I mean, it's been so long. No, um, <laughs> blocked it all out. <laughs> pretty much, but no. Um, I was. I, I I will tell you that I guess. I've been blessed in a lot of areas. I was blessed with the fact that I met a couple of hedge fund relationships right away. Blessed with the fact that these relationships that I've developed over the course of time have been the types where I call them forward flow, meaning I can pretty much dial these guys up each and every month and go, what do you have this month? Which is, you're, so they're showing me more assets they didn't show me last month. Um, so it's not like I'm out there. I mean, for 450 deals, I don't think I've worked with more than more than a dozen sellers. I mean, you know, I'm just really going back. They're sending me stuff, you know, they have every month. 
I'm, I'm call, making incredible phone calls if I need to be to find some stuff to buy. Um, and we're buying monthly. I mean, we've, we do, mm-hmm. we've given rise to buying monthly. We've been doing it for years. It used to be we're doing buying pools, you know, buying multiple assets. Remember, all this stuff comes to me. I'm lazy. I don't like to hunt. So <laughs> my relationships bring me these deals, these yeah. mortgage notes, distressed mortgage notes on a spreadsheet. So I'm calling <laughs> through a spreadsheet every month going, what do I want to buy? It could be yeah. one. It could be 20. We just made a bid last week on 900. The spreadsheet had 900 mortgage notes on it. Wow. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, so we made over 500 and some bids on that stuff, uh, me and our, and our community students. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what that ha- what happens with that. I haven't seen, I haven't back. We know we were the highest bidder on some. We just don't know how many or what. Um, so, yeah. So then it's just really a matter of, you know, you buy. You, so we our process is really you take traditional acquisitions and you turn it on its head. Because when you're going to buy a, you know, a fix and flip or something, you're doing all the diligence, you're running all your numbers, and then you're going to make an offer. Comfortable, you're not going to make up. We see a stuff on a spreadsheet. We do a little bit of filtering, a little bit of, of a tiny bit of analysis, and they just make a bid. And if it gets accepted, then we do our diligence because yeah. then then we decide mm-hmm. whether we want to keep it or not. Ah, and what factors into that? How do you know what's what's good and what's junk? Um, what's good is our values got to check out. Mm-hmm. Um, it means it's got to be. The values we think it is, it's got to check out to be to be that type of value. Your as is, your ARV values, your rental rates, because you're buying it for X. You know you're gonna have to for, you're gonna have to foreclose on it. You're gonna spend some money, and then you're gonna get it back if that's what you choose to do. And then you got to understand what it's worth, know how you dispose of it. Um, your values, you, you, property taxes are the line of the jungle. If there's remember they're not paying their mortgage, the taxes are delinquent as well. And if the taxes are sold at, at, at tax sale and gone, you don't have a mortgage anymore. Um, so you got to make sure that you know what the tax situation looks like. Um, for us, we do like occupied assets to keep borrowers in their homes. So if the property is vacant, depending on what the opportunity is, we we, we prefer occupied. At least we get used to. Um, now it really doesn't matter. Um, and that the title is, is clear. And I don't mean title in a sense of encumbrances or liens because I'm going to foreclose or wipe them out anyway. I just got to make sure that my loan was originated in first position prior to anything else that's on that title, right? Any other mortgage, any other judgment lien, as long as it's after me, I don't care. So my first position mortgages. Um, and that basically the last piece is just that when a mortgage is originated and then if I sell a mortgage, if I originate, if I'm Bank of America and I sell it to you, the paper trail is merely an assignment of mortgage. And these things have been bought and sold so many times that I just got to match up that the assignments went from the originating bank down to my seller without any break in between. And that's really all that really I'm reviewing the title stuff for. And there will be a few other hit, hiccups that come along that ask you to, to dive into a little more, do a little pause, you know, look at something different, whatever. Um, you know, we looked at one the other night in class as an example, and um, we discovered that the, uh, the parcel property, the parcel ID was correct. The address was wrong. It was against it was security against the wrong house. Mm. <laughs> so we'd be foreclosing on the wrong house. Now it turns out that the <laughs> real house is probably a better house to buy than the one we're the one we were looking at. Oh, that's a nice surprise. <laughs> yeah, it truly is. So yeah. Yeah. And then are you buying so with the 450 as well as the like the 900 you just bid on or 500 you just bid on? Is that um, you're doing that on your own or do you have investors? Tell us a little bit about that. Real estate investing for us is certainly a team sport. 
We've got our team of analysis that analysts that look through all this stuff. Um, I raise a lot of the capital for our stuff. Yes, we do work with investors quite often. I mean, that's the bait of our mm. existence. Yeah, yeah. And so you're working with investors. How do you, where do your investors come from? Do they already have experience with notes? How do you sort of educate them and get them ready to invest? Great question. So here's the thing. With mortgage notes, you have to pay for the mortgages. The, this, our acquisitions have to be paid in, pri in private capital cash. There aren't any banks that say we know how to lend it on, on mortgage notes. Now, having said that, what we what we developed to cater to our investors is once we take it, if we take it back, we have a credit facility. Now we own. Now we take it back at auction. Now we own it as a property. Now I go out and get bank financing. So what we do is then return about seventy percent of our investors' capital through the refinance of through the delayed purchase of the of the loan. Um, now that we own this property, um, where do I find my investors? Well, I speak nationally. Um, we've been doing that for years. Um, we have our own real estate community that started out in Phoenix. Now we're all over Zoom. Um, I teach masterminds, um, something of that nature. So um, I'm not a Pied Piper. I'm not an educator. I'm just an investor partaking, my, you know, uh, distributing my knowledge. And we found that, yes, investors who want to learn this business, who don't don't know how to do it themselves, learning by partnering with us, investing with us, gets you the fastest path to learning how to do this. Our masterminds um, we have on Wednesday nights, um, our students are learning what we do um, and the proof in the pudding is since we started this in April of eight, 2018, they've done over 90 deals themselves with assets that we brought to them. Remember, I, as, as I'm lazy, we're the Pied Piper with that regard. We bring the deals to them, right, through our relationships. So they don't have to, have to go out and hunt either. Um, but they've done over 90 deals themselves, raised over two and a half million dollars worth of capital and taken down assets worth uh, a little over seven million. Wow, that's very impressive. Yeah, that's very impressive, and it sounds like you're doing a lot of um, sharing, sharing the value, and and helping others to um, by sharing your experience and your knowledge, and helping to guide them to see if this is right for them. And that's probably why a lot of these investors are attracted to you and the brand that you've built is because you're sharing very openly and honestly and genuinely with them. Correct. And there's only one piece that I won't share mm -hmm. or at, least, at least teach and that's debt collection because mm -hmm. first of all if i tried to, if i was going to part 20 years of debt collection experience on you in a night your head would explode mm -hmm. but two <laughs> uh it's just something i'm not going to take it out of context you know you say something i say something yeah. you take it out of context right. you get sued you're blaming it on me it ain't yeah. gonna happen yeah absolutely what kinds of people? Um, what kinds of people tend to um, sign up with you to learn this business? What kinds of people are attracted to starting a, a mortgage notes business? In general? I think I think the first thing is is kind of you know just 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 solving the same challenge that I had because mm -hmm. I've mastered knock on wood the deal flow component right yeah you work with us you're going to do deals. I mean, yeah. you know, and what's funny is people say, well, I want to do a deal. I want to do a deal. Like, Fine. Five minutes later, here's a deal. Oh, I don't want to do a deal. Like that. <laughs> well, wait a second. You know? But that's where, like I said, we, when, when you partner with us and invest with us, that's yeah. where you get to learn it with, with the, with the, you know, with the experience mm -hmm. with us. I, that's how yeah. I learned. I mean, not only did mm -hmm. I buy my first notes, but I partnered with people before me that already knew what they were doing and then learned yeah. it as well from there. Um, so that's really the, I think the, the key attraction, I mean, mm -hmm. That is a yeah. I, we we provide deal flow that works. Yeah. That that solves a lot of things. And then you know this isn't you know something. I mean, I cut my teeth buying low value notes where I'm buying stuff for you know five ten thousand dollars. 
I don't necessarily say that's where you want to start unless you want to buy pools of that because you want to diversify your risk. But, you know, the price points aren't exorbitant. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like it's a great place to get started for a lot of people. And so, Jay, I want to ask, um, you know, you've clearly seen a lot of success since 2013 through now. You've built up incredible things. What's your your vision for this business? Where are you headed next? Good question. Um, Well, we we do. My partner and I sit down at the end of every year in December and we we, we plan for, for, for next year. We, we've done it. We've been together four years now. We've, we've done it religiously every year. Um, when you grow in your business, opportunity knocks on your door. You're not necessarily chasing it down. you got to be careful that it's ancillary to your business versus shiny object. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think what our, what I, not what I think, our goals for the coming year is to do what we're doing um, one more efficient, and that is we've been courted and, and have opportunities to get different seats at the table with different sellers. So changing, more efficiently raising capital to get there is really where we're in discussion with, with several uh, people right now. Um, we will, for years, we always toyed the idea we were going to start our own hedge fund, right? Well, you know, or our own you know, private placement memorandum. And then we find we get into the situation where capital just, you know, keeps getting thrown at us. We're like, well, we don't need to go find it that way. But we're at a point now where I think that we, just the efficiency of it all, um, that's what we're doing. Um, in fact, if anybody's out there that's a fund manager looking for us, want to build a new fund and, and raise the capital for us, uh, hit me up because that's really where we're going. I mean, look, I can't do it myself. I mean, it just, I, you know, to be successful at raising, at building a fund, you got to be doing it day in and day out. I got other responsibilities right. that I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. So we are yep. looking for somebody and that's where we, how we build our company. We've started to delegate and grow and add staff and employees. So we are looking to add a fund manager to raise the capital for our fund, not a broker dealer necessarily, but to somebody who has experience, wants to jump in and, and start, you know, something like that with us. Um, so that's where we're going, getting access to different deals in different, in different markets, not markets in the country, but more, different sellers, different different uh, pools that we're able to buy, um, having the capital more readily available, be more efficient. Because right now it's it's, it's we, we take it down, we do our diligence, then go raise the capital. And it's yeah. stressful, right? Right. Um, especially running out of Thanksgiving, running out of November right now, <laughs> uh, closing on a couple of deals that, you know, by the end of the month. Um, and so, yeah, so just being able to do things more efficient. Um, I think the other, and doing that will also give rise. I mean, we have a very frenetic pace. We are on in our community on calls doing showcasing our deals four days a week, right? Wow. Um, it's a lot, and we have yeah. our own podcast as well, and we mm-hmm. have our own you know we're, we have our own software. I mean that was developed while we were slowed down in the pandemic. We we created those ideas um, came to fruition back then, um, but we enjoy what we do. So I mean I think in the coming years slowing down a little bit, I'll never retire because I wouldn't know what to do with myself. <laughs> Um, or You're not a I know. sit on the beach kind of guy. <laughs> I could sit on the beach for a week or so, maybe. Yeah. Uh, or just relax or for half a day. But no, my mind just keeps going. And my, you know, it's the, yeah. I mean, I have, you know, spent, I have this year um, spent more, we've gone on more vacations with my children. Um, it's just hung out and had a lot of fun. We did with Hawaii in October. We spent a week in the beach in Newport, uh, California, Newport Beach, California in July. 
um, mixed in with all this, the, the, the requirement, you know, the, all the obligations I have, but yeah. so it was, mm-hmm. you know, cause it wasn't a total, total vacation, but yeah. Oh, I know. You know. So <laughs> yeah, tonight, 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 we're going out to go and taking like two, two 13 year old twin daughters and we're taking mm-hmm. them out to a, a local play here. We're seeing another, another version of Mary Poppins. Oh, fun. Fun. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the beauty of running a business um, is you can really structure it how you want and have that balance of that family time and be there and have that flexibility. Um, and I love what you talked about around innovation as well and bringing on new lines of business or seeing how it fits into the business and innovating and building software, as you were saying, um, when times are a little bit slower or thinking about just new and different ways to add to the business. That's how you're going to see that growth over time. Certainly. Yeah. Well, Jay, I know our listeners are going to want to follow up with you and learn more about all that you're doing. So share with them, what's the best place that they can go? Best place is very simple. Um, J-A-Y at ScottsdaleREI.com. The REI does not stand for the camping store. Um, Or my phone number, 714-458- six three one seven and our website is www.scottsdalerei.com check out our podcast uh the real estate mastermind live it's on the first and third tuesday afternoon at three o'clock in whatever time zone arizona's in it's three o'clock mountain standard time um www.remastermind.live in fact you're a guest on on one of our upcoming episodes can't wait for that um so yeah that's well, who, well, that's my story. I'm Love still it. it. Well, to all of our listeners, you've now got multiple ways to get in touch with Jay. So definitely take advantage of that. Pick his brain. As you can see, he's a wealth of knowledge and has seen such great success. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Jay. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. Thank you so much for having me, Annie. Great job. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. If you are a real estate investor or syndicator who would like to be on this podcast, please visit syndicationspotlight.com and please also join the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Facebook group so we can connect with you and learn more about you. And if you got something out of this episode, we'd love it if you could subscribe to this show and give us a rating and review. We promise to read your feedback and take action to continue to make this show even better and more valuable for the real estate syndication community. My name is Annie Dickerson. And I'm Julie Lamb. Thanks for listening. And thank you for being a part of the real estate syndication spotlight community.